Jeremiah chapter number 36 is where we're going to be tonight. We're also going to be just briefly in Isaiah chapter number 40, and then we'll be in Jeremiah 36. That's where we're going to be for the majority of our time tonight. I like to give full disclosure. Uh, this is a passage, and this is a message that we've preached before a little over seven years ago, but we come back here tonight based on what we looked at this morning in Jeremiah chapter number 1, Jeremiah 36, and then Isaiah 40. Let's begin in Isaiah 40, and then we'll go to Jeremiah 36 tonight. That's where we will spend our time. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, and verse number 8, it says, The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, that happens every year, doesn't it? About October, sometime in October. Sometimes it doesn't happen until November completely, but sometime in the later part, the latter part of the fall, uh, the grass withers. And by about that time, you're about ready for it too, aren't you? The green is gone. The fun of being on the mower all summer is kind of gone. It's lost its appeal, and you're just ready for the winter. And the Bible says the grass withereth, and the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Do you believe that tonight? I know we believe it with a head knowledge. I know we do. But do we believe it in how we apply it to our lives? The Bible says, but the word of our God shall stand forever. It's never going to go out of style. It, it's never going to dissipate. It's never going to wither. It's going to stand forever. It's going to stand the test of time. It's going to stand everyone who fights against it, even as we saw in Jeremiah chapter 1 this morning. It's going to last forever. It's going to stand forever. And by the way, that's the title of our message tonight. Just very simply, those two words, shall stand. Shall stand. But my question for us tonight is, do we really believe it as far as application in our lives. If we believe that God's Word is going to stand forever, and by the way, it's the only thing, <clears throat> excuse me, it's the only thing that's going to stand forever. If we believe that, if we believe that His counsel, His Word is authoritative, that it's all-powerful, that it's pure, it's perfect, there's no errors in it. By the way, not everybody believes that. I understand that tonight. But I believe we do. And if we believe that, boy, it ought to impact our lives, shouldn't it? This book ought to mean something to us. It ought to carry some weight in our lives. Jeremiah 36, go there with me if you would. Shall stand. God's Word shall stand. Forever, Isaiah 48 says. In Jeremiah chapter number 36, I have a very interesting account. And I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and pray because we're going to read the entirety of this chapter as we go through the outline tonight. And I'll not belabor, I'll not spend lots of time in each verse trying to develop everything, but I do want to give you an outline and develop some truths tonight. So let me go ahead and pray and then we'll just begin to read and develop our outline and go through the outline tonight. Father, just remind us, teach us tonight. Father, give us a greater appreciation, uh, 
a greater love, a greater reverence. Father, many words we could mention tonight, but Father, if, if your word stands forever, and it will, and it has, and it's going to, then Father, it should bear and it should carry great weight in my life. And not just great weight, but it should be preeminent in the decisions that I make and the way that I live my life on a daily basis. And so, Father, I, I pray that you just simply remind us of that tonight. Help us to see that truth. Help us to see how important and vital the Word of God is to us even tonight. Father, we ask that you'd help those who are away from us tonight, those who might even be traveling, those who are on vacation right now. Lord, I do pray that you would give them refreshment. Lord, refresh their physical bodies. We need time to refresh our bodies, and I pray that these families that are away from us this week, that they would be able to do that, to be able to refresh uh, the time with their families and just to be able to come back and be ready to get back to their jobs and to their ministries and uh, just to go forward as we head into the fall and uh, into the latter part of the year. Father, we pray for them tonight. We pray for safety and protection. We love them, Lord, and we pray that you bring them back to us safely. Father, help those that might be sick tonight or away from us because of sickness. We ask that you put your hand of healing upon them even right now. Father, we ask for those that might be spiritually sick tonight who really just decided not to come because they become a little spiritually cold and hard to you, toward you and toward your word. And Lord, I pray that you soften that, those hearts and I pray that you'd help them to see the great necessity to be in your house around your people, just to be obedient to you. We, we, we shouldn't have to have motivation other than just being obedient to you. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help there as well. We love you, Lord. We commit these next few moments to you. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let me go ahead and give you number one. We'll begin to read in verse one. I want us to see, first of all, the revelation of the role, R-O-L-L, -L, the revelation of the role. Verse number one, the Bible says, And it came to pass in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, that this word came unto Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Take thee a roll of a book, and write therein all the words that I have spoken unto thee against Israel, and against Judah, and against all the nations, from the day I spake unto thee, from the days of Josiah, even unto this day. It may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil which I purpose to do unto them, that they may return every man from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin." Then Jeremiah called Baruch, the son of Neriah. And Baruch wrote from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the Lord, which he had spoken unto him upon a roll of a book. Now again, don't, don't miss it. I know we're not. But, but don't miss the fact that this is not Jeremiah's word. This is God's word. He is giving it, giving it to Baruch to pin down. But the words are coming from the Lord and through Jeremiah. He says that in verse number 4. He says, from the mouth of Jeremiah, all the words of the Lord, which he had spoken unto him upon a roll of a book. And Jeremiah, excuse me, Jeremiah commanded Baruch, saying, I am shut up. I cannot go into the house of the Lord. Therefore go thou and read in the roll which thou hast written from my mouth the words of the Lord in the ears of the people in the Lord's house upon the fasting day. And also thou shalt read them in the ears of all Judah that come out of their cities. It may be, catch that, it may be. Isn't this Jeremiah's heart? Isn't this God's heart? Isn't this Jeremiah's hope? We saw in Jeremiah 1 this morning, look, Jeremiah's purpose 
was, was really based upon the prophecy of judgment. Judgment was coming and God called Jeremiah to preach and God called Jeremiah to speak because judgment was coming. And he says in verse number 7, It may be they will present their supplication before the Lord and will return everyone from his evil way for great is the anger and fury that the Lord hath pronounced against this people. Isn't that God's desire? Isn't His desire for us to come back to Him? So we get this idea of God, He loves judgment and wrath. No, He is a God of justice and He is a God of righteousness, but He delights in mercy, the Bible says. Jeremiah says that. He delights in mercy. He delights in long-suffering. And in verse number 7, it may be, it may be that they will return. Verse number 8, And Baruch the son of Neri did, according to all that Jeremiah the prophet commanded him, reading in the book the words of the Lord in the Lord's house. So number one, we see the revelation of the role. First of all, it was a revelation of divine words. We've already spoken of that. This is God's word. It was a revelation of divine words. So we believe it shall stand forever. It is God's word. It is divine. It ought to have an impact in our lives. It ought to be weighty. It ought not just be weighty. It ought to be preeminent in our lives. So first of all, it was a revelation of divine words, but it was a revelation of dire warning. It was a revelation of divine words, but secondly, it was a revelation of dire warning. Verse number 7. But drop down, if you would, to verse number 28. He says, Take thee again another roll, and write in it all the former words that were in the first roll, which Jehoiakim the king of Judah hath burned. And thou shalt say to Jehoiakim king of Judah, Thus saith the Lord, Thou hast burned this roll, saying, Why hast thou written therein, saying, The king of Babylon shall certainly come and destroy this land, and shall cause to cease from thence man and beast. It was a revelation of dire warning. Therefore, verse 30, Thus saith the Lord of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, He shall have none to sit upon the throne of David, and his dead body shall be cast out in the day to the heat, and in the night to the frost. And I will punish him and his seed and his servants for their iniquity. And I will bring upon them and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem and upon the men of Judah all the evil that I have pronounced against them. But they hearkened not. It was a revelation of divine words. It was a revelation of dire warning. Thirdly, it was a revelation of a desired way. By the way, isn't that what we spoke about this morning? Jeremiah's purpose, judgment's prophecy, and Jehovah's promise. Jeremiah's purpose was to preach God's Word, divine words. Judgment's prophecy. There was a dire warning. There, were, there, there was judgment coming. And there was a desired way. We read in Jeremiah chapter 6 this morning, uh, the old paths, God's paths, God's Word, that's the way He wants us to walk. There's a desired way. And so the revelation of the role. So tonight, if I believe in my heart that the Word of God is going to stand forever, then I believe that it's divine, its words are divine, that it's God's Word. I believe that in its book, there are dire warnings. I believe in its book, as we spoke this morning, be not deceived, God is not mocked, whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. If I believe that, and if I know that God has a desired way, then I'm going to apply this to my life, am I not? Doesn't that just make sense? And that's what Jeremiah is trying to portray. That's what God is trying to portray through Jeremiah to Judah. So these are my words. Judgment's coming. But I have a desired way. Verse 7 again. 
it may be they will present their supplication before the Lord and will, will excuse me, and will return everyone from his evil what? Way. Is that the desired way? Absolutely not. From their evil way, for great is the anger. God's way, I know I keep stopping, but God's way is the way of rest. We read that this morning in Jeremiah 6, verse number 16. He said, look, my way gives you what? It gives you rest for your souls. But the last part of verse number 16 in Jeremiah 6, it says, but they would not. They didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to obey it. They, they didn't want to listen to God's Word. By the way, in that same chapter, it says that they, they, they had reproach for God's Word. Number one tonight, we see the revelation of the role. It was a revelation of divine words. It was a revelation of dire warning. It was a revelation of a desired way. Look at verse number three. It says, It may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil which I purpose to do unto them, that they may return. Here we have it again. We read it in verse number 7. He said that they may return every man from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. God has a way for us. Well, pastor, what's His way? We find it in the Word. It's the paths of righteousness. It's the paths of obedience. It's the paths of, of, of getting into the Word of God and studying it and seeing what it says and then, and then, and then obeying it. We mentioned this in Sunday school this morning. We, we teach our children that song, Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to do what? Trust and obey. But how many times do we do that as adults? Do we trust and obey? Do we trust that what God says is true and then we obey it? That's, we, we, we've said it so many times over the past few months. That's the essence of the word courage. Faith in God's promises. Faith, trust in what God says and have the courage to obey it. Faith in His promises. Trust and obey. It was a revelation of a desired way. The revelation of the role. But number two, number one, the revelation of the role. But number two, we see the hardness of the hearers. The hardness of of the hearers. Look at verse number 9. Jeremiah says, he says, I can't get there. And so Baruch goes and he reads the words from the roll. In verse number 9, And it came to pass in the fifth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, in the ninth month, that they proclaimed a fast before the Lord to all the people in Jerusalem and to all the people that came from the cities of Judah unto Jerusalem. Then read Baruch in the book, the words of Jeremiah in the house of the Lord in the chamber of Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, the scribe, in the higher court at the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house in the ears of all the people. When Micaiah, the son of Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, had heard out of the book all the words of the Lord, then he went down into the king's house, into the scribe's chamber, and lo, all the princes sat there, even Elishama the scribe, and Deliah the son of Shemaiah, and Elnathan the son of Akbor, and Gemariah the son of Shaphan, and Zedekiah the son of Hananiah, and all the princes. Then Micaiah declared unto them all the words that he had heard when Baruch read the book in the ears of the people. Therefore all the princes sent Jehudai, the son of Nethaniah, the son of Shelemiah, the son of Cushai, unto Baruch, saying, Take in thine hand the roll wherein thou hast read to the ears of the people, and come. So Baruch, the son of Neriah, took the roll in his hand and came unto them. And they said unto him, Sit down now and read it in our ears. So Baruch read it in their ears, the princes, those gathered together. 
It came to pass when they had heard all the words, they were afraid, both one and other, and said unto Baruch, We will surely tell the king of all these words. And they asked Baruch, saying, Tell us now, how didst thou write all these words at his mouth? Then Baruch answered them, He pronounced all these words unto me with his mouth, and I wrote them with ink in the book. Then said the princes unto Baruch, Go, hide thee, thou and Jeremiah, and let no man know where ye be. They went into the king and to the court. But they laid up the roll in the chamber of Elisha the scribe and told all the words in the ears of the king. So the king sent Jehudai to fetch the roll and he took it out of Elisha the scribe's chamber. And Jehudai read it in the ears of the king and in the ears of all the princes which stood beside the king. Now the king sat in the winter house in the ninth month and there was a fire on the hearth burning before him. It came to pass that when Jehudai read three or four leaves. He cut it with the penknife and cast it into the fire that was on the hearth until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. Notice the first part of verse 24. Yet they were not what? They had just taken divine words They had just taken the very word of God. They cut it with a penknife. They had burned it in the fire. The Bible says they were not afraid. Hey, I don't I don't like it when I accidentally tear a little piece of my a page. When I preached during Teen War, I got ready to preach, and one of my passages that wasn't where I was preaching from, but one of the passages that I was going to read that night was from Ephesians 5, and I had forgotten, you know what, Ephesians 5, half of that page is gone. And so I had to get somebody else's Bible. And I got Jonathan's Bible, and his, his font is like that. I, I hate it when that happens. Just a, a, a little piece of, of the page gets ripped. And the Bible says that they took a penknife... And they cut leaf after leaf after leaf and they threw it in the fire. And the Bible says, yet they were not afraid. The hardness of the hearers. And by the way, we would say, oh, I would never do that. I would never cut the Word of God. I would never do anything like that to the Word of God. But how often do Christians, not not physically, take a penknife and cut it, But in the application in their lives, they say, I don't want that. I'm not going to do that. That part's not for me. Drop drop back down again. We already read it. Uh, Verse number 29. And thou shalt say to Jehoiakim, king of Judah, thus saith the Lord, thou hast burned this roll, saying, saying, this is why he's burning the roll. Saying, why hast thou written therein, saying, The king of Babylon shall certainly come and destroy this land, and shall cause to cease from thence man and beast. Jehoiakim says, I don't believe that. I don't believe that's going to happen. I don't believe the Babylonians are going to come. I don't believe they're going to take man and beast. I don't believe that's going to happen. And he cuts it out, and he throws it in the fire, the hardness of the hearers. They wanted to cut it, they wanted to cast it, and they wanted to consume it. And by the way, they did. 
They wanted to cut it. They wanted to cast it, cast it away. They wanted to consume it. And they, ca- excuse me, they cast it in the fire. And the fire, the Bible says, consumed it in verse number 23 until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the heart. By the way, conviction will either, most of the time, you, you might say, well, I think there's an exception. But conviction will either result in repentance or rebellion. In repentance or rebellion. We might say, well, sometimes it results in indifference. Okay, I, maybe, but that's still rebellion to God's Word. By default, if I'm indifferent to what I hear from God's Word, by default, I am rejecting what I'm hearing from God's Word. Number one, we see the revelation of the role. Excuse me, number two, we see the hardness of the hearers. So ask us again tonight, do we believe that this Word, first of all, is God's Word? And do we believe that it shall stand forever? I believe we do. I don't have any doubt about that. Okay, then if I believe that, then I should apply it to my life. If I believe that this is authoritative, if this is divine, if this is from the very throne of God, that forever, O Lord, Thy Word is settled in heaven, if I believe that, it ought to make a difference in my life. I ought to want to apply it to my life and listen to it and obey it because it's what's best for me. Right? It's the desired way. It's the way where I have rest for my soul. The revelation of the role, the hardness of the hearers. But number three. Hey, let, let me back up before we go on to number three. Don't automatically dismiss and say, I would never ever do that. The question we ought to ask ourselves tonight is am I obedient to it? Am I reverent? Do I reverence every part of it? They didn't. They said, I don't believe that Babylon, I I don't believe what you're telling me. I don't believe that's going to happen. I don't believe Babylon is going to be able to come and do that. We're God's people. I don't believe God's going to allow that to happen. That doesn't say that in the verse, but I believe there's some thought there with the king. I don't believe that's going to happen. And sometimes in our apathetic lifestyle sometimes, we think that could never happen. That could never happen to us. I was talking to someone before the service and he, he was talking about the long game. You know what that is? You know what that means? The long game? He was talking about the fact that the enemy is very patient and good at playing the long game. We're not. Especially in our 21st century American society. We're just not. We're not patient. And we, we want results right now. Can I tell you something? Results take a long time. Now sometimes we get to see immediate results, right? That's a good thing. Sometimes God gives us immediate victories and that's a good thing. But you know, most of the time it doesn't happen. You know, most of the time, 
You go out and knock on doors. And you can knock on hundreds of doors. And you'll never see a single one of those people come and visit the church. And you say, well, then why do it? Because here's what God does do. He sends people that you didn't even visit. And He rewards faithfulness. But we're not given to the long game. We're not given to faithfulness. Because if we don't see the result in a month or two months or six months, we give up. Instead of saying, no, I just need to be obedient. Nope, I just need to be faithful. We, we, we knocked on 50 doors this week. Nobody came. You know what? I just need to go. Next week I need to go. This week, whenever I go, I just need to go. And I need to keep going. I need to keep going. If they don't come, I need to go because God has commanded me to. And then He rewards faithfulness. I remember when Beverly and I lived in Spring Hill, one specific individual, we, uh, we in Spring Hill, man, there were neighborhoods on top of neighborhoods on top of neighborhoods. You could go park your car and you could knock on a hundred doors in no time. I remember one individual, we, we knocked on his door, and we got to talking to him a little bit, and his wife was deaf. And we just got to talking to him and talking to him, and, and uh, we, we found out his wife was deaf, deaf, and we're like, oh, have you ever heard of the Bill Rice Ranch? It's just like 30 minutes away. And um, I can't remember if he had heard of it or not, but, but anyway, we had a good conversation with him, with him. He said he was saved. He said he knew the Lord. And, and so we went on our way. It was like nine months later, this guy came to church. It wasn't the next Sunday. It wasn't even a month. It was months later, and we're sitting in church, and here comes this guy. And I punched Beverly. I'm like, he looks familiar. That guy looks familiar. And kept looking at him and kept watching and kept looking at him and looking at him. And that was when I was a little bit younger. I remembered a little bit better. And it finally came to him. I was like, we met him on visitation. We met him out on soul winning that Saturday but God doesn't always answer or doesn't always allow us to see the, 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 the fruit immediately. But what He does ask us to do is to be faithful. is to be obedient. Look, we ought not have to be molded and, and prodded with, with, with different kinds of motivations. The motivation is very simply obedience. God has called us to do something and we need to be obedient. And so we can look at these individuals and we can be, oh my, they, they burned the Word of God. They were hard in their hearts. They didn't want to listen. But how many times do we give up? How many times do we just, we do and we do and we do, but then we're like, you ever do that with your kids? We mentioned that this morning. Is it ever like, are they ever going to get it? Are they ever, is, is the light bulb ever going to go on? You know what God calls us to do? Be faithful. Be a faithful mom and dad. Faithfully giving our kids the word of God. Faithfully guiding them in the desired way. Look in verse, look at verse 24 again. And then we'll move on to number 3. It says, Yet they were not afraid, nor rent their garments, neither the king nor any of his servants that heard all these words. Nevertheless, Elnathan and Deliah and Gemariah had made intercession to the king that he would not burn the roll, but he would not hear them. But the king commanded Jeremiah, the son of Hamalek, and Sariah, the son of Azrael, and Shalemiah, the son of Abdil, to take Baruch the scribe and Jeremiah the prophet. But 
Hey, what did we read this morning? What, what, what did God, what, was the, what were the two promises God made to Jeremiah? Jeremiah, I will be your deliverer. And Jeremiah, I will be your defense. What does the Bible say here in verse number 26? The Bible says the king, Jehoiakim, he wanted to take Baruch and Jeremiah. But the Bible says, but the Lord did what? Hid them. He was their defense. He was their deliverer. The revelation of the role, the hardness of the hearers. Number three, the triumph of the truth. Here's the, the tr- truth always triumphs. Whether you do it and obey it or not, it always triumphs. It will always triumph. In verse number 27. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah after that the king had burned the roll and the words which Baruch wrote at the mouth of Jeremiah saying, Take thee again another roll. Write in it all the former words that were in the first roll, which Jehoiakim the king of Judah hath burned. And thou shalt say, and we've already read verse 29, but he says, And thou shalt say to Jehoiakim king of Judah, Thus saith the Lord, Thou hast burned this roll, saying, Why hast thou written there, and saying, The king of Babylon shall certainly come and destroy this land, and shall cause to cease from thence man and beast. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of Jehoiakim king of Judah, He shall have none to sit upon the throne of David, and his dead body shall be cast out in the day to the heat, and in the night to the frost. And I will punish him and his seed and his servants for their iniquity, and I will bring upon them and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem and upon the men of Judah all the evil that I have pronounced against them, but they hearkened not. Then took Jeremiah another roll and gave it to Baruch the scribe, the son of Neriah, who wrote therein from the mouth of Jeremiah, notice this, all the words of the book which Jeremiah, excuse me, Jehoiakim king of Judah had burned in the fire, and notice this, and there were added besides unto them many like words. God said, you want to burn it? Let me just add some to it. You didn't like what it said the first time? I'm going to put back in there what I said the first time, and I'm going to add a little more to it. Number three, the truth, or excuse me, the triumph of the truth. Some may submit to it. Some may scoff at it. But it shall stand forever. So whether you submit to it or whether you scoff at it, no matter what we do with it, it's going to stand forever. So the best thing to do is to submit to it because it's divine, because it's God's authoritative word, because it has a desired way and it puts us on a desired path. It puts us on the paths of righteousness. It lights our way. It gives us life. By the way, do this. We're done there. Would you take your Bibles and go to Proverbs 6 real quickly? We'll be done in just a moment. We'll be done a little bit early tonight. Proverbs chapter 6. The revelation of the role. It was a revelation of divine words, of a dire warning, of a desired way. The hardness of the hearers. They wanted to cut it. They wanted to cast it. They wanted to consume it. The triumph of the truth. Some may submit to it. Some may scoff at it. But it shall stand Forever. Proverbs chapter 6, verse number 20. My son, and by the way, he says this many, many times in the first part of the book of Proverbs. My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall do what? It shall lead thee. 
when thou sleepest, it shall do what? You know what that, that, you know what that is? That's restful sleep. That's rest for your souls. That's to be able to pillow your head at night and as best you can, even when you get my age, to sleep like a baby. I don't have many of those, but that's more because of my physical body than my state of mind. He said, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall do what? Talk with thee. Verse 23, for the commandment is a lamp and the law is light and reproofs of instruction are what? The way of life. The way of life. In the Norwoods missionary letter, he's talking about Ruth's uh, grandfather. And he made the comment in there, He talked about a life well lived for Christ. How do you do that? Submit to the Word of God. Because it says there in verse number 24, excuse me, verse 23, that the reproofs of instruction are the way of life. The idea there is that it it gives us life. It keeps us, it keeps us from death. Look at the very next verse. It says, to keep thee from who? Anybody there? From the evil woman. From the flattery of of the tongue of a strange woman. And so he says, look, God's word. It's a lamp. It's a light. The reproofs of instruction are the way of life. We do know. We know it. We're, We're smart enough. We do know that there is a way to live that tends more to the possibility of you dying physically. And there is a way of living that leans more into, you know, I have a better opportunity of not dying. Yes, we know that. There are places I don't need to be at midnight. The best place for me to be at midnight is at 52 Woodville Road in my bed. Because other places at midnight can tend to cause harm. So the Bible says, if I listen to the Word of God, reproofs of instruction are the way of life. It keeps me away from things that cause death physically and spiritually. It keeps me in the way of life, in the way that tends toward life, that leans, that's bent toward life. The revelation of the role, the hardness of the hearers, the triumph of the truth. I challenge us tonight, don't be a hard hearer. And by the way, don't just be a hearer of the word as James 1 says, be a what? Also be a doer of the word. But oh, definitely don't be a hearer who is hard, who has hardened his heart or hardened her heart against what God's Word says. And maybe you would never take a knife, a pen knife, and cut it and cast it in the fire so that it's consumed. You, you, may, you may never physically do that. But in your actions and in your life and in your application of the Word of God, we do it on a daily basis. Nope, don't like that one, don't like that one. I'm going to cut it out of my life. I'm going to cast away that. I I, I don't want that for my life today. 
Let's don't do that. Because it's God's divine word. He said, hey, get another roll. We're going to put all the same words that were in there the first time. And we're going to add some to it. It stands forever. People have tried and tried and tried to get rid of God's word, but they can't. Why can't they? Because forever, O Lord, thy word is what? It's already settled in heaven. There's already a perfect copy there. You can burn it, you can throw it in the fire here, but there's, there's, there's a copy in the vault of heaven, if we can look at it that way. You're never going to get rid of it. It's going to stand forever. Let's submit to it. Let's triumph in it. Because that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to triumph. Do you know tonight, and, and I'm done, I'm done. Do you know tonight, God doesn't want you to fail, does He? As His child, do you think Nathan Coleman wants these four little ones right here to fail? Absolutely not. Why our Heavenly Father is no different. He doesn't want us to fail. He wants us to triumph, but we're not going to triumph in our own way. We're going to triumph in His Word, in His way. And there is a desired way, a way that has rest for our souls. That's the way He wants us to walk. It shall stand forever. Father, thank You for Your Word. Father, help us to apply our lives to it. Help us to apply it to our lives. Help us to be obedient to it. Father, help us to be reverent to it. Help us to trust it and obey it. Father, help us to sing the kid's song in our own lives. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Father, that, may that be true in my own life. And Lord, may you help us not to be like King Jehoiakim, who didn't like what he read, didn't like what he heard. He cut it and cast it in the fire so that it was consumed. Father, help us to realize how ridiculous that even is. Because your word is settled forever. We can't get rid of it. We shouldn't want to. Because it's the way of of victory for us. It's the way of life. Father, I hope you've reminded us of that tonight. Help us, Lord. If you've dealt, if your Holy Spirit has dealt with individuals tonight, Lord, I pray that we would not leave here tonight without making sure that everything is settled and everything is right and everything is dealt with that needs to be dealt with tonight. Maybe there's a sin. Maybe there there is an area in your word that in our hearts, not physically, but in our hearts, we've kind of cast that away. Lord, may tonight we confess that and say, Lord, I'm going to be obedient to it. So Lord, I, I don't know hearts tonight, but you do. And I pray that we do business with you tonight. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Heads bowed and eyes closed if you're physically able. Paige is at the piano. She's going to begin to play. Listen, if you need to come, if you need to bow right where you are. We're not going to prolong tonight. But if you need to come, maybe you're here tonight you don't know Christ. Maybe you need to come. Maybe you're here tonight and you know Christ, but you've never been baptized. You come and say, Pastor, I need to be baptized. Maybe you're here tonight and you just need to kneel. You need to bow your heart and your head. Say, Lord, thank you for your word. 
Help me to obey it better. Help me to reverence it the way that I should. Help me to apply every single part of it to my life. Help me make application in my life on a daily basis. Lord, as a dad, you tell me not to provoke my children. Lord, help help me to apply that even, even tonight when I go home, even tomorrow. When I get ready to be critical in an unworthy or undeserving way, Lord, help me to remember that verse and apply it to my life. Because it's divine. 